Next on Fatherhood Fridays, Season 4. Yo, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Um, just excited, excited this week. Um, man, I have been trying to get this brother on air. Well, I can tell you for sure that there are no perfect parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for moms and dads in general is that parenting, you you sense it. It's one of the most critical roles that you're going to play in life. I think I shared my my, uh, feelings on that. All right. So this is what I got so far. God bless. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. <laughs> getting getting some things together. Uh, a little technical difficulty, but I'm here. I'm here. I mean, that's what's most important. And, uh, you know, man, it's it's been a minute since you've been on my podcast. As a matter of fact, I think it's been since season one when I first started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I know I've been on your podcast at least two or three times, but uh, I think this is your second time back on mine. So I just want to say welcome back, you know, to Fatherhood Friday season four. Hey, man, good to be here, man. Um, I I like what you're doing, doing some great stuff. Been checking you out and kind of paying attention to what you've been doing, man. And it's, it's just exciting. Uh, just to see you, you know, uh, staying committed to the vision, staying committed to, you know, what God has given you on this Fatherhood Fridays, man. Just, I'm loving it. Yeah, man. Um, we uh, last month just reached our one year anniversary. I started uh, July 2019, and we're already at a year, man. So- man, that went by so quick. I remember, I remember when you started, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I talked to another good friend of mine. He's like, man, this feel like you've been doing this for years. I'm yeah, like, yeah. One year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot longer than a year. But now that you say it, it was right around this time last year. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, wanted to bring you back on, you know, just just having a conversation. You know, I know I have a lot of men and a lot of fathers out here that that listen to my podcast and you know are going through different things that are happening in the world from uh you know the pandemic uh, to racism police brutality unemployment you know emotional issues i mean the list just goes on and on yeah yeah yeah. and uh what do you feel like you know in, in your heart what God is saying in this season? Well, you know, I, I've done a lot of a lot of praying and a lot of meditating, you know, on it, and 
you know, and, and being a pastor, you know, a lot of times parishioners come and they say, well, you know, man, what's God doing? What's going on? What's, is this the judgment? Is this the end of the world? Is this, you know, and I, you know, in my studies, I just really believe that this is a time of shaking. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, 12 that um, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And, and, I, and I believe that that is an ongoing thing. It's not for a specific time, but it's an ongoing word to us to know that, man, if it can be shaken, it will be. You know, we have seen things from, you know, 2001 with 9-11, 2008 with the, you know, the, the stock market crash. Um, 2000, was it, 12, 14? We had bird flu and bird flu and influenza A and B. All these different things have been happening. Um, wars and many wars and conflicts and all these kind of things. And, and so everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that what remains is what's supposed to be there. And I think we have to kind of keep ourselves rooted and grounded in the word and, and, and know that these times are not supposed to trouble us, but it's a time that we're supposed to be encouraging people to get closer to God because we don't know. We don't know when our last day is. I mean, man, 2020, and I hate to ramble on, is a year that we'll never forget, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Um, a lot of different reasons anyway, but yeah. No, I mean, I, I would absolutely agree with you. I had just recorded a pot, uh, episode yesterday that I'm going to be hearing real soon. And what I'm talking about is what I've learned from COVID-19. What mm. COVID-19 has taught me as a man, as a father, as just many different hats I wear, what it has taught me. And so, yeah, you know, th this this is going to be a year that you're not going to forget because everybody was impacted by it and the year's not even over yet it's 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 you know we're late summer so we right. still have august september october november december and we don't know what's gonna come from it and so you know you you have mentioned about hebrews and and, and talked about you know this is a time of pruning and shaking things that are not alive. What, the things that are supposed to remain standing, what's the purpose of that? Yeah, I, I believe, you know, scripture says that, you know, uh, heaven and earth is gonna pass away, but um, God's word is gonna stand. And God has already told us, you know, that only what we do for Christ is gonna stand. Only what we do for him and in him is gonna stand. And, you know, this world uh you can accumulate as much as you want in this world but that's being tested right now economy is being sh shaken the political you know institution is being shaken um um even eth even the ethnic um the the ethnic culture the things that are going on um in our in our world between the, the, the races if, if if i may use that term some people say man you can't really use that term because there's only one race there's the human race but within the human race there are people groups there are tribes there are different you know nationalities and uh we're going through a season with you know uh these major deaths of brianna taylor and george floyd and 
you know, different individuals that have uh, awoken, you know, awoken uh, people of different nations, different tribes, different backgrounds to there needs to be change. And what's that change going to look like? And are we going to band together for that change? Are we going to fight each other for that change? What's that what's that going to look like? And so everything's being shaken. Um, uh, You're not able to really trust in can't trust in your government. You can't trust in, you know, um, the money system. I mean, they, they just told us uh, about a month ago that um, they're running out of coins. <laughs> I mean, like you can't even get change back. You know, uh, you go and you get any change. They're going to like uh, somebody was getting some change and they just put it on their King Supers card. Like, oh, it'll be a credit on your King Supers card because we don't have any coins. It's like anything that you put your trust in, anything that you thought was normal, consistent that's being shaken up right now and what's supposed to remain is our faith in God our trust in his plan and our belief in what his word says about us and about the future yeah and uh, I I would agree with you and so what does that mean for dads and and fathers and 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 men of their household What, what does that look like you know, if we yeah. boil it down to the, you know this particular podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For fathers, man, where we stand in our walk with God is is a, is at a critical juncture because we're either leading, you know, our family, you know, into an unshakable kingdom, or we're leaving them in a kingdom that is falling apart, and that's the kingdom of this world. And so as a father, um, it, 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 it is it behooves me to hear the Lord's voice and to know what the word says and to be in a place where I'm studying and, and not just studying, but studying to show myself approved to God. You know, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, um, because, you know, even the gospel is even what we believe about the gospel is being shaken. You know, there's major, major um false doctrines and false teachings within the church that are leaving people bankrupt in their belief in God because they get to a point where, well, God didn't do this for me. I don't believe in that no more, you know, or uh, they walk away from their faith. There's major, you know, pastors walking away from pulpits saying, I don't believe this anymore. And it's because whatever can be shaken will be shaken. And so as, as a father, as a man of God, I've got to be anchored because if I'm anchored, then my family has somebody to look to. I've always been, you know, big on trying to be an example, not trying to be perfect. Um, and I don't want anybody to get that twisted. Being an example doesn't mean that you're perfect because part of your example is what happens when you fail, when you falter. You're being an example of how to turn back to God, how to repent, how to admit you're wrong, because those are part of being an example too. So it's not about perfection. So I don't want anybody to think I'm saying, oh, you got to be perfect and do everything right and say everything right. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that your relationship with God must be evident in front of your family, in front of your, your, your wife, your children, in front of your younger brothers and sisters and siblings and, you know, your family members that don't know God. You got to be that person that says, this is how we do this. This is how we turn to God. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you've said so much in, in just those few sentences. I mean, I think it's a lot to unpack there. 
talk talk a little bit about you know these false doctrines and religions let me ask you a question do you think that you are quote unquote a bible purist um uh, i i would say you know the the, the greek terminology solus scriptoris scripture only um I'm, pro- I'm probably along the lines of a Bible purist in the sense that um, I, I really believe the word of God and I believe that we are to wrestle with it until we understand it in its right context um, so that we can get what God is saying. One of the analogies that I use when it comes down to the Bible and reading the Bible to hear what God is saying and not reading the Bible to um, understand what I'm saying or what I believe is this um if i was you know to go to you you know and i say to you chamis um i ask you a question and you answer that question and i say to you well this is what i think you're saying you have the right to say that's not what i'm saying here's what i'm saying when people read the bible so often they go to the bible and they read it and they say this is what i believe it's saying but they never study to see what it's really saying They don't allow God to say, no, that's not exactly what I'm saying. You need to dig deeper. You need to go in more because the Bible is about God and about what God is doing and what God has done and how he has created us for his glory. He has created us for his purpose. So often because we are in search of our own purpose, we're in search of our own glory. We're in search of our own gain. We can manipulate the Bible. And this is important for men and fathers, too, because you're going to be, you know, teaching your your sons and your daughters what Scripture says. You're going to have to have these long conversations, that hours of conversation with my children about what Scripture is saying and how we're to read it. And it behooves us. It's it's on our shoulders to go and and know that we know what the word of God is saying um, in an accurate um, way so that we can share that with our family. And so. We have to be able to speak like Titus told, uh, like uh, Paul told Titus, that which is sound doctrine, you know, not anything that is me centered, man centered, but it's God centered, Christ centered um, and God focused. Yeah, um, I think, you know, for some men, what you're saying, although they might agree with it. It's challenging because you live in a, a fallen world right now, in a world that's going through a lot of problems. And so you're just looking for anything that can feed you, you know, kind of like a kid that will take candy over broccoli just because it's <laughs> yeah. food, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And so, you know, t- talk about a little bit why did you feel the need to to write a book about the prosperity gospel and, and kind of explain what that is for for those men or women that might be listening right now. Well, uh, this book that I'm, I'm working on is called The Move of God um, and subtitled uh, Territories, Platforms and Open Doors. And I, I gave it kind of a prosperity gospel kind of feel and sound to it because I want to really retake, recapture, um, redefine these terminologies and redefine them according to the word of God, like what God's word is really, really saying. 
one of the things that God really uh, put in my heart is to separate the truth of God from the error of men. There are so many people that are walking away from God because of man's errors in the way that they've interpreted, in the way that they have explained, in the way that they have preached and taught God's word. And they're walking away from God, but they're walking away from a version of God that's not really him. Mm-hmm. And that's what really bothers me. And that's what's really uh, inspired me to begin to write this particular book. Um, and 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 I've had countless years of conversations with people and understanding, look, this is what God really says about this subject, you know, uh, territories. God actually does want us to take territories, but we're taking these territories to preach the gospel. We're taking over uh, uh, these these kingdoms, so to speak, for the kingdom of our God, that the kingdom of light is breaking into the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of Christ is breaking into the kingdom kingdoms of this world. And we have to understand that we do that through making disciples. We don't do that through trying to become the CEO of this company. Although, you know, you may be blessed to be in that position. Remember, you're in that position, not for your own gain, but because from that position, you have influence. You're given a platform now that you can preach the word of God. And are you afraid that you'll lose followers, that you'll lose money, that you'll lose accounts and contracts if you unashamedly declare that you follow Jesus Christ and what that means because Jesus is the the way, the truth, and the life and he's the only way to the Father. That's offensive to people. But a lot of people water the word of God down and they give these general open statements. Yeah, God is enlarging your territory. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it means whatever you want it to mean. Well, no. (laughs) The Bible is very careful and very specific about what it means. Uh, God has given you a platform. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it means whatever you want. No, it doesn't. You know, God is opening doors for you. For what? For what reason? You know, is he opening doors just so I can say that I, you know, got a new job, I got a promotion? Or is he opening doors to preach the gospel? Is he opening doors for eternal life? Is he opening doors um, so that people will hear the word of God? And so that's the driving force behind um, this particular work, this book that I'm, I'm working on, that I'm, well, that I've that I'm putting out uh, uh, and and when it comes out, when it drops, it's going to be a phenomenal, I believe. And it's going to be one of the uh, most, I don't know, uh, the most in-depth books that I've written uh, because I, I tackle a lot of modern day issues in this particular book. Okay. I mean, do you think that in you tackling this book that you are uh like you said enlarging your territory or giving a platform yeah I, I think I think all three of those things are happening this book um is God's way of enlarging the territory so that his message can spread um to a generation that needs to hear um proper ex- exposition of the word you know it's a platform to speak you know and share the true message of the gospel, not not this prosperity stuff, not this name it and claim it, not this blab it and grab it, three times turn around three times in his mind type stuff that has gotten people in trouble. And it is opening doors for conversations. It's opening doors 
um, for other people because uh, there's others that need to be emboldened by this particular message so they can say, I knew something was wrong. I knew that something needed to be said. And I'm glad that more and more people are saying it. More and more people are stepping up to the plate um, and and being vocal about it instead of hiding in the background or just walking away from church, walking away from Christianity, walking away from Jesus because of a, a version of Jesus that's not accurate or authentic. So let me ask you this kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. So the book's going to come out, you know, um, it's almost like a correction book or a beware book or this is what you should look for and you talking about it are you prepared to suffer because everybody uh, yeah. might not receive it and be like oh yeah this is a great read people might be like what are you talking about right 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 yeah yeah i'm i'm ready to receive that i'm ready i'm ready to take that on um you know and, and i don't know a lot of people are, are leery of visions and dreams but I had a dream a couple of weeks ago and um, in this dream, and it's funny, I'm sharing this with you because you'll find this funny. In this dream, I'm in my apartment. Um, my daughter is laying on the bed and she never, ever turns around. She's just there. Um, my wife um, is in the bathroom and Michael Jai White <laughs> okay. Okay. is in my dream. He walks in the house and He's like grabbing, you know, clothing and stuff. And it's like he's lives there. I'm like, you know, Michael Jai White lives in my house. And he goes towards the bathroom and he's asked my wife for something. She says she doesn't know where it's at. And he like raises his hand to hit her. And I rush over and I step in between. And he looks at me and he says, you know who I am, right? I said, yeah, but that doesn't matter. You know, either you're going to beat me down or we're going to go round and round, but I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm not going to allow you to raise your hand to her that way. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he walked away and walked out the door. And after that, I went into the bathroom. My wife got dressed and she said, you ready to go? And I said, you sure you want me to go with you? And she said, yes. And that's where the dream ends. And you say, okay, that's a crazy dream. What 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 does this dream have to do yeah, with yeah, this I'm book? Try, I'm, I'm trying to okay. interpret it myself. All right. So here's what Holy Spirit showed me. And it took me a couple of weeks. And that's probably why I haven't talked about it. Because it took me a couple of weeks to really understand it. But what I understood about this dream is that God was calling me to stand up to a foe that on the surface looks like there's no way I could defeat. But he's asking me to be courageous. He's asking me to do what I've always done. And in the face of this great opposition, take courage. And if he beats you down, he beats you down. But you step up to the plate and defend what I've given you. You know, and I saw my wife as the church. I saw my wife as the true gospel. I saw my wife as the true word of God. And I was stepping in between this bully and her. And he said, you know who I am, right? And, and I feel like th th this stepping out with this book and some of the videos that I'm going to be doing and some of the podcasts that I'm going to be doing 
as the territories enlarge, it's almost like you can see the enemy saying, are you sure? Like you just said, are you sure you, you want to step out here? Because you know who I am and you know what I can do. And God is telling me, take courage, you know, take courage, even in the face of knowing that because Michael Jai White, from all the movies that I've seen, is a skilled fighter, skilled in karate. He's muscle bound. It, it, it looked like I shouldn't mess with this dude, but my instinct was to step in anyway and risk it. And so I really believe that God is calling me uh, to risk it, you know, to step up to this bully and risk it. And yes, there's a good chance that, you know, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. But in the dream, by me stepping up to the plate, the Bible says that if you submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. And so that's what I'm standing on. Wow. Um, and I kind of received a little bit, too. I kind of looked at Michael Jai White in your dream coming into your apartment as representing uh, the, the temple of God. So mm, like, that's good. This is going to infiltrate not people from the outside, but people within the church. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I looked at I, I looked at your wife as because they say a wife is a helper. We yeah. know too something that's also called a helper is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? And so you're the 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 enemy, which is Michael Jai White, is coming against the Holy Spirit. And you're kind of like the way I see it, standing in the gap saying, Nope, this is not gonna happen. But what makes it what makes it scary is the beginning part of your dream on how Michael Jai White has access. He's, yeah, he's, he's in there. Going in and out your apartment, grabbing right. things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's infiltrated. He's in there. He's comfortable. Yeah. So when I step up, he's like, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> like, I, I run this. I'm like, you know, I don't know what's getting ready to happen, but I'm not backing down. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I can. I, I see it. I, I definitely see it, and, and it definitely. Um, makes sense and so I think you know for the people that are out here listening to my podcast or even possibly your podcast Love Thy Neighbor um, we understand a couple of things and what we've been talking about the past 5-10 minutes that God allows us to enlarge our territory God allows us to uh, give us a platform um, give us open doors but it's for him. It's not yeah. for us. And then two, we have to know in that territory, in that open door, there's going to be suffering. Like this, yeah. this, is, this isn't where the chapter ends. Right. Just sail off into the sunset, start making big money. Your life changes. Like, no, this is where suffering is going to intensify or increase. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And the word agrees with it too. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, the Apostle Paul says, A great and effective door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. And, and you know, I quote this in my book too. And I talk about, you know, the Apostle Paul's goal is to take the gospel everywhere. But that doesn't mean there won't be opposition. That doesn't mean there won't be people that say, nah, that ain't the truth. Paul was hated on. His message was hated on. You know, um, uh, uh, he was he was put in danger. His life was in jeopardy at times. And, and, and the, the, the thing about today, right now in this season, 
we we're on the verge of something and, and and stepping out you're going to have some backlash you're going to have you know um some some repercussions you know and we've got to be ready for those uh but it's necessary right now because what's going to happen is that people are going to think that we're still talking about the same doctrine the same stuff that was being preached and they're going to reject that they're going to say we don't want to hear that and we're going to be coming out with saying no we're not saying that and god never said those things you know um isaiah uh, jeremiah chapter 14 and verse 14 says that the lord says that i have not sent these prophets and they're prophesying lies and they have false visions and divinations and they're speaking empty things and i have not sent them and there's so many on television on radio and they're saying all these things and god god is saying i haven't sent them but what it does is it makes everybody look at all of christianity the same way so if you come out and you're speaking they're just going to lump you in with the rest of them which then now they attack you because of what these other people have preached and it is going to be difficult it's going to be difficult to to change hearts and minds to redirect you know um i know there's some people that you know i don't want to ramble on but the n-word right there's some people that say well we need to redefine the n-word and take it back from what uh, uh uh history has done to it that's really hard because there's some people that will never get over no. what that word has and, meant and, to them right and, and i'm one of them and i'm fairly young so right <laughs> i don't think and, and i can i can really not to cut you off but i can really get deep with that because just because you redefine something doesn't mean <laughs> it's still not what it is again people people get so hung up example people get so hung up on oh i don't eat pork i don't eat pork right. i don't eat pork but if you eat a hot dog, you're still eating pork. <laughs> right. It's just redefined. Right. And and I think what you're saying is so on point. And I think, you know, the analogy of the N-word is that, you know, this word's history is it, it, so in-depth and it's so deep that it's like, I, I don't, I, I think you just, you get rid of the word. You don't even mess with it. But when it comes down to the word of God, you do have to fight for the word of God. And I believe, you know, going back to my my, my dream, Michael Jai White, the enemy, has walked up in here and taken ownership. And it's like, if you stand up, you, you're being threatened for standing up because this is this is how comfortable these doctrines are. This is how comfortable. And, and like you said, people are going to they're going to lash at you and like, well, I, I think that you're wrong. You know, this is the way I read the Bible. This is the way I see it. And you know, you're teaching people like it's not about the way I see it. It's the way it's the way it's being said. It's what God is saying. And so I need to go and learn from the Bible, not uh, 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 apply the Bible to what I want it to be. I don't go to the Bible um, to get answers about me. I go to the Bible to well, learn about stop, God. Stop, stop that right there, because that that one line you just said <laughs> could mean a lot to a lot of people i don't go to the bible to get answers yeah <laughs> i go to the bible to find out what it means so you already have to come in to the word of god with it with the clean palate yeah yeah and that's the tough part that's that, the tough that's, part. that's the tough part 
because a lot of times people are going to the Bible like a, 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 a gumball machine. I put my quarter in and I get a gumball out. <laughs> and and that's not how the Bible, the Bible is not transactional in that way. Or even worse, they, they, they're they looking for something like a vending yeah. machine. Like I Yeah, like these, a vending machine. I want these Doritos. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit this. I'm gonna go to this book and find the Doritos that I'm looking for. Right. That's what I have a taste for. That's what I have a taste for. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to know. And in all actuality, by doing that, we've created a monster, and we've created a monster that now we've got to depower, debunk, and bring down this particular monster because. Everybody treats, you know, uh, my wife said this in a conversation. Everybody treats the Bible like like Home Depot. Mm -hmm. So Home Depot's motto is do it yourself. (laughs) And so you go into Home Depot and you find all the things you can to go do it yourself. And so you're looking for the right paint, right? Because I'm building my life myself. But in all actuality, when we go to the Bible, God is supposed to be building our life. And so we're supposed to be sitting at his feet, learning what marriage is supposed to be, how we're supposed to handle our money, what, you know, what he's talking about as it relates to family and finance and ministry. But we're going with a specific thing, like you said, like a vending machine and trying to get out of God what we want from him instead of getting from him uh, what he's predestined for us. And so it's a battle. And I think in this book, I I flip a lot of things on their head. I, I talk about a lot of those things and I flip them on their head. And I say, you know what? It's not about even the people in the Bible that are famous because the Bible actually says there's six men and I'm not going to give them all, but I'll just give you a couple of them. Joshua um, uh, and, and uh, uh, Joshua, the Bible says, became famous David became famous Solomon became famous now their fame is not about them their fame was to take God's name and the knowledge of God to new territories through new areas to expand his reach on the earth their fame was not about them accumulating riches and glory and, and power for themselves. As a matter of fact, Solomon says later on in Ecclesiastes that it was all vanity. He said it was it was chasing the wind. And so even he realized that even though I had everything, it meant nothing if I didn't have God. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm excited about this book. Um Tell tell the people, you know, when's your estimated date of, of when it's going to be out? So, um, uh, like I said, I don't know when this, this is going to air, but um, uh, mid, mid-August, uh, around the third week of August, um, it'll actually be ready for uh, pre-order the first week uh, coming up in August. It'll be ready for pre-order. Um, and I, I'm just excited about this particular project because like I said I put a lot into it and I actually slowed down I was I was going pretty fast and I ended up slowing down because I was getting so much that I was like I got to get all this in here I got to make sure that this is in here and so when it comes out it will be available on Kindle uh it will be available on Amazon um it'll be available Bar- Barnes and Nobles um pretty much online 
you probably can get it anywhere online. It won't be available in stores uh, till later on. Um, but online, you'll be able to get it and order it from Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. You'll be able to get a digital copy um, um, from Kindle, uh, Kindle uh, eBooks. I'm even trying to get this one on Audible uh, for those that listen to books. So I'm, I'm working on an Audible version of it as well. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be out and be everywhere. And you know, I'll be promoting it and and getting it out there. Not because, and this is big too. I've always had a struggle promoting uh, the books that I write because I've had this issue with I don't want to seem like I'm trying to be somebody but when I realize that no what God has given me needs to be shared then I became more confident in sharing it because I believe that God is trying to reach people he's trying to get something out there that it's not about me it's all about him and keeping that attitude gives me more confidence and more desire to push the book out there because when I was thinking about me, I was like, nah, I don't, you know, I want it to be all about me, you know. And, and, and I, I say that to you as an encouragement as well. What God is saying through you, the experiences that even in your own book, I know it probably feels weird pushing it out there saying, buy my book. You probably feel icky on the inside saying that. But at the same time, if God is giving you something that's going to encourage people and draw him close to, to them, then you have a responsibility. You are obligated you know, to get that message out there and reach whoever you can. Yeah. And I'm reminded of, of Jeremiah, you know, and, and him prophesying the word and nobody listening. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not even really about the message as it is just being obedient to God. If God's telling you to do something, you know, whether it's writing a book in, in, in our two cases even if nobody buys it, even if somebody buys it and they just toss it like this is crazy, you did what you were supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think to further that, it's like, you know, Jesus at the supper or at the at the wedding, you know, when the people didn't show up, they had all these excuses why they didn't want to show up. Jesus said, OK, go to the highways and byways and just compel men to come. These people don't want to hear it. I got somebody that wants to hear it, take it to them and begin to share it with them. And what you found out is that, you know, just because there's people rejecting it doesn't mean that that stops God's purpose or his plan. Right. Because everybody's going to have an opportunity to hear it. It's up to you if you're going to answer the call or you're going to hang up the phone. But everybody's going to have an opportunity to hear it before this this lifetime is over. And so, you know, is there anything as we're wrapping up that you want to say in closing um, about this conversation that we had, whether it's the, the state of uh, the world, whether it's your book, whether it's knowing as believers or even wanting to give your life to Christ uh, about suffering is there anything you want to leave the people that might be listening yeah I, I think that the major thing um, and this is something that I've, I've, I've recently really um, fine-tuned and really got back to the basics on so often uh, when people come to church or when people open the Bible or when people talk to someone else about Jesus it's always about trying to fix you. It's always trying to um, put 
right what's wrong in your life. But I think more importantly is understanding that this life is fragile, it's finite, um, and it could be over at any minute. And the most important thing is that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. He goes on to say that God did not send his son into the world to condemn this world, but that through him, the world might be saved. This is the most important thing. I believe if we focus on leading people to a place where put your trust and your hope and your faith in what Jesus did for you, then God can then work in their heart. So often we're trying to get them to be better people and fix their lives. And we're even preaching a Jesus that fixes their life, fixes their finances, fixes their job situation. And we forget about their soul because we're fixing all these external things with Jesus when he really came to save their soul. And so we've got to focus on, I want to give my heart, I want to give my soul over to Jesus. I want to bow my knee to him because he's the way to eternal life. And so if there's anything that I really want to say, you know, if you're listening to this on, you know, whether it's uh, Fatherhood Friday or if it's on Love Thy Neighbor or you catch this on a, a different platform, whether it's Google Play or Spotify or wherever you catch this pod- podcast, put your trust in Jesus today. Believe on him today and allow God to position you to be with him for eternity. Begin a relationship with God that will never end. Don't focus on trying to fix this and fix that. Focus on where's your soul going to be? What's going to happen when this is all over? If anything we learned this year, life is fragile. We buried more people this year than we probably ever buried in our life. And we don't know when our time is. I don't know when my time is up. And so I want to spend my time calling people into faith into their faith in Christ, putting people in a position where they put their trust and their faith in Christ. And my desire is for anyone to hear this, to put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ. Well, man, I thank you for being a part of Fatherhood Fridays. Um, <laughs> it's always a pleasure. And, I, you know, I'm over here just taking mental notes right now, you know, keeping my sword sharp. And so, um, I just want to say thank you because uh, you didn't you didn't have to do it, but you did, and so thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. And so, um, if anybody wants to find you, uh, you're Anthony Wilson Senior. Um, you're on Facebook, Instagram. I think you're on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, uh, Twitch, YouTube. You can look me up at uh, Anthony Wilson. Um, and if you type into Google Apostle Anthony Wilson Ministries, all my stuff comes up. Anchor. YouTube, Facebook, my books, you know, just type in your Google search, Apostle Anthony Wilson Ministries, and everything that I have will pop up. Um, be pretty easy to reach me that way. Well, there you go. Now, anybody that's listening, you have no excuse. And so I just want to thank you guys out there for listening. Do me a favor, as always, if you like what you're hearing and you want to subscribe, go to anchorfm.com click the support tab you can donate anywhere from 99 cent to 9.99 as well as 
uh, subscribe. That way you can hear episodes every Friday when they drop. Uh, also, you can follow me. I also am on social media as well. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, just to name a few. And so until then, you guys take care and we will see you next Friday. God bless. And here's a sneak peek into next week's Fatherhood Friday episode. And here's the thing, even if you're, according to doctors, even if your blood sugar level goes back down to normal levels, once you hit that threshold, they will always put in your file, they'll always put in your chart you're a diabetic. Even if you be like, I reversed it, I, I worked out, I exercised, I did all these things. According to a doctor, you're still always going to be looked at as a diabetic. Once you